Welcome to Your Move Creep. My name is Larry Reed, and this is the podcast celebrating action cinema from 1980 to the year 2000, from the east to the west, from the worst to the best. On this episode, I sit down with Robert Clark from the Creepy and Geeky podcast to talk about the Arnie classic Commando. We talk about Rob's love of action movies. We discuss if Bennett is truly a fashion icon, as well as checking in on the Big Five and opening the door as usual to the trivia zone. So, without further ado, creeps, let's party! Hello, Robert. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I'm good. Doing awesome. Uh, thank you much for coming on the show and being agreeing to come on as a guest. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to, t- to talk about this today. Uh, me too. It's one of my favorites. So let's get a little down to it. So first of all, as we start on every podcast, is can you tell me a little bit of your first experience with, with action movies and maybe memories of action movies when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I grew up uh, in the... Uh, I was born in the seventies, grew up mostly through the eighties. And so, you know, I grew up in the heyday of the, uh, the, the eighties action flicks. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 my parents were pretty good about renting movies and, um, we had cable off and on, uh, when it wasn't, it wasn't consistent, Mm. but, uh, they would record off of cable a lot too. So we had VHS tapes filled with movies. Um, and so I would watch things over and over and over again. And a lot of that was uh, um, a good portion uh, of that was uh, action movies uh, from that time period. So I definitely wore, wore some of those out uh, watching those. I was, I was, I've always been a big uh, action movie fan. So. Do you yeah. kind of, do you have kind of memories of your kind of first films you'd watched on VHS uh, when it comes to action? I I don't, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's all kind of a haze for me, but like, (laughs) I do definitely remember, especially the movie we're talking about today. Like I remember seeing that a lot back in the day. So, um, yeah, that's why this one holds a, holds a very fond place in, in, in my heart. Yeah. I've definitely got big memories of watching it as a, as a younger, younger boy, um, being shown it with my very, um, forgiving parents. So yeah, I think VHS is kind of a big, from the era we kind of sort of brought up on, I think it's a, a big, massive um, talisman of you know of of watching action movies and great way to kind of gateway, I suppose. Um, yeah. So, well, what I also like to ask people is when you think of action cinema and that kind of that style, what do you think? Who do you think embodies that for you personally? Um. I would have to I would have to say Arnold. Uh Arnold is the you know the epitome of like the 80s action yeah. uh era. Um uh realistically like you nobody else really compared to him. 
uh, he, he, once he hit the screen and he was more of the mid eighties, you know, 80, 84 and on, he, he kind of dominated, mm. uh, that era. And, uh, you know, I mean, we had Stallone, we had, uh, Bruce Willis and, and Van Damme and all of them were great. Don't get me wrong, but like nobody holds a candle to Schwarzenegger. He's just, he's just on a par way beyond anybody else. Do you remember sort of the, was this when, what we're going to go into is it was one of the first films you've seen? Of his kind of caliber, yeah. or do you think? Yeah, so you kind of introduce him through this film, then that's good. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's. This is definitely one of the early ones. Um, I'm you know I can't place exactly which one of his I saw first, but it's definitely one of the earliest ones. Um, I remember seeing Conan the Destroyer a lot as well. So. Oh yes, yes, I love that movie as well. I love. Yeah, it's actually it's actually recording us on the day, the birthday of Conan the Barbarian. Um, yeah, so it's quite awesome. It's quite quite apt. We're talking about an Arnie yeah. movie, it's a, uh, about a kind of anniversary of the of an Arnie movie. So yeah, and Destroyer again, an amazing film with Grace Jones and a, an amazing yes. role. I love her. Now she's um, batshit crazy, and but well, she's batshit crazy in, in like <laughs> life and in any movies, but um, yeah. especially in that movie. Uh, so we're going to go into your pick for this 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 week's episode, um, and that that is 1985's Commando. So you can tell me a little bit why you pick Commando. I know obviously we. Um, but kind of above, not behind the scenes, a little bit of behind the curtain, so to speak, that I give every guest a list of movies to pick from, and I ask them to kind of go wild and pick, you know, what their favourite would be like to talk about, and you pick Commando. So why would you, why is this kind of held in such esteem with yourself? This one, to me, is not only a, a great action flick just in general, um, but it's also, I would argue is the movie that made Arnold a star, mm. uh, because I think that, well, we think of Terminator as the movie that broke him out. And I wouldn't argue that mm -hmm. Terminator was one of those ones that kind of grew over time, um, through the VHS market and became a bigger hit, uh, along the way. That's why it took so long to make Terminator two. Yeah. Um, that I believe this is the movie that really broke him out. He gets all the the the, the funny one-liners, uh, all the the crazy action. Uh, it's just, and this is the one I go back to a lot. And, you know, if I want to just put on something goofy, like something actiony in the background, this is what I put on because it's just it's it's like a comforting hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels like that. it's very very nostalgic and very. Um... It's good. It's paced quite well. It's you know, it's a, it's a good movie to kind of put on to sort of enjoy. And I watched it earlier on today, and um, I don't think I'm ever bored by watching that movie. So many times I've seen it, yeah. but it's just amazing. So just we spoke before about Commandos from 1985, directed by Mark Lester, and we'll go a little into a little bit about what the film's about. So after his former again, so as his former teammates are suspiciously killed, uh, John Matrix, a, a retired Special Forces Colonel tries to save his kidnapped daughter from the clutches of a disposed general and Matrix's former colleague, Bennett. As a race against time, his body count piles up and all that matters to him now is Jenny. So what do you make of Commando rewatching it for the podcast? Um, I still love it. I, it's, it's, I, I cannot not love this movie because it's just, it's just so much goofy fun. Um, like I said, just the one-liners, the action's great. The setup is actually really good. Uh, Bennett is this weird, funny villain that, like, yes. you know, he's menacing <laughs> in the beginning and he just gets goofier along the way. 
Um, it's just there's there's just so many like great things about this movie. It's 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 so it's just so fun. It just, I think it just is it's it kind of encompasses like a lot of the best things about Arnold movies. I think it's yes, it's got the action, it's got the kind of one liners, it's got the kind of quotable lines, it's got the the sort of very iconic villains. We'll also get into a little bit in a, in a while. Um, oh, we'll talk about Bennett because obviously, I don't think we can talk about a podcast. We can talk about Commando without talking about Bennett. Um, yeah. So, was this, you spoke a bit about, you touched on a little bit before, but was this kind of, kind of a regular watching your household when you're kind of growing up and when, when you're younger? I'd say fairly regular. Um, yeah, uh, it's it, again, it's just one of those easy movies to like watch. It's not, it's not super violent. My parents weren't really against me watching anything violent or any, or anything, so I I never had that problem um, growing up. But uh, but it's also one of those ones that's not super violent. It's not gory. Um, it it's goofy and fun. Um, it's just. From beginning to end, it just is light and breezy and just, you know, because it all happens within like one day. He's he's, yep. he's on a he's on a clock to uh, get his daughter by the next morning. And. And it's just, you know, the you get the the um, his sidekick uh, in Radon Chong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what's great about that is it's not really a love interest. It kind of does that kind of goes that way towards the end at the yeah. very very end um but up until that point it's never played that way and which mm. is kind of nice that you know along the way she's just a, a at first reluctant sidekick but then continues on into it to like you know and we'll we can discuss that more later but yeah. it's just you know i love that aspect of it that it's you know she's a pretty strong character in and of herself without having to be like dependent like fully on him yeah so i would definitely agree with that she's We'll go on to a little bit, talk about Redline Chung a little bit later on the podcast. Um, so when it comes to Commando now, obviously we, we just kind of discussed about the fact that in the 80s, especially in this sort of like time frame, there's such big hitters for Arnold. Obviously you've, got Com- you've got Conan, you've got Terminator, you've got Predator, Running Man, we've talked about previously in the podcast. So we, how do you just compare to those movies in terms of... Um, the level of of Arnold we're getting, or the level of action right. we're getting, do you think this is almost uh, you know on par with you know Predator, being as bombastic as both those films are? I don't necessarily feel like it's as bombastic as like a Terminator or a Predator. Mm. I think that the action is fairly restrained. Mm. Um, well, until the, like the big set piece, (laughs) um, um, the big set piece is great. Um, but up until that point, it's little stuff. Um, Mm. you know, he's got, he's got some minor fights here and there, minor action stuff going on, which is great. It propels the, propels the stuff forward. You know, you get the mall fight and you know, it's, it's there. It's, it's never boring. Um, so it's I feel like it's definitely on par with those movies in terms of action um, and suspense and stuff. But it's just I, I don't know. It like, you know, because he's in the beginning, he's trying to find where he needs to go. So he's mm. kind of working his way up the food chain of the villains. And so I think that's it, that's an interesting take on it, too, of more kind of a there's a slight I wouldn't say detective story in there, but there's a slight bit of 
suspense and thriller kind of in there as well. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's not as it's maybe not as um straight ahead or as kind of predator yeah. or as slashery as as I think the Terminator is. But um, yeah. it's definitely more of a kind of I think the the ticking clock plays, plays a lot into the sort of like the, the pace of the movie. I think it kind of it kind of makes it go on at a certain at time. It doesn't let you let up basically because you know what he's on this he's on this clock. He's, he has to get in a certain amount of time, so there has to be a kind of quickness to it. There's a there's a kind of steadiness to it, and you don't really notice that like before it's you get to, you get to this massive big end fight, and it's not the film's already over. So it's quite quite interesting yeah. that we. And I think this that, that's that kind of plays to his strengths, and I think that he's spoken he spoke recently of or quite well ago about this movie, saying that the good thing he like thing he liked about this movie was he's not like a kind of caveman. He's quite. Yeah. He's very human, humanized in the very early portion of this movie. Even with that sort of very, <laughs> the very kind of cheesy montage with him and Alyssa Milano, and you know they're getting ice cream, they're having sandwiches, <laughs> yeah. they're you know feeding a, feeding a, a deer, yeah, for, for an extended period of time. It's just sort of like beautiful music plays over after this. Like they get this even this it's quite quick sort of uh, introduction to Arnold as this sort of muscle bound guy. Carrying a tree on his back, then it gets <laughs> kind of quickly jumps into sort of the schmaltzy dad and daughter, daddy daughter time, uh, which is kind of it's it's kind of interesting to see see him like that as to be, especially for me, you know, when I was younger, I was so used to him being like the muscle bound sort yeah. of like killer. He he's a bit more humanized, a bit more um, sympathetic in this movie. I would say definitely, um, just because of because of the nature of the, the film, I think, and. I think he was very kind of close to Alyssa Milano, but we'll go into that a little bit in the future as well in the, in the podcast. Um, so I think we'd be reticent to ignore the most important part of this movie, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about, about Bennett. What do you think of, of Bennett as a villain? Not just in this <laughs> movie, but as and and the the, the pantheon of of villains. Where does he rank for you? Oh, he ranks so low. He is so not terrifying as a villain to me. He's like, it's so funny. He's like, he he thinks he's so badass. Yes. And like, and I'm sure he was meant to be. And I like Vernon Wells. Don't get me wrong. I find him yes. very menacing in other movies. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. Like in Road Warrior and even in Inner Space. He's oh, yeah, in yeah, Inner yeah, Space yeah, as yeah, a villain, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's more menacing in that. Um, <laughs> but for some reason, I can't take him seriously. It might be the whole Freddie Mercury look. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and and it's funny, too, because I've always called him chubby Freddie Mercury uh, for this uh, whenever I watch <laughs> this. Um, but he actually I watched some behind the scenes footage and he actually th- thought of it as a buff Freddie Mercury. And I was like, and I'm sure part of that is the clothing because um, there was another character, another actor that was supposed yeah. to play Bennett. And he he came in late um, to replace that actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the clothes were sized for that actor. And so, you know, the, the cl- but the clothes seem fairly baggy on him. So it makes him yeah. look like, like it doesn't make him look buff. It makes him look chubby. Um, and then add to that, it's just kind of this whole like weird chain mail. Mm. Um, like it's just I don't know. It's it's so hard to take him seriously throughout the movie as like this as this like badass villain that's gonna take on Arnold. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's just it's just bizarre. I don't I don't get it. 
it's, it's it's a strange kind of dichotomy with with Bennett because he isn't scary, like he isn't like like he isn't like the, the kind of predator. He isn't like yeah, you know the T one thousand. He's quite maybe talks a bit too much. Um, <laughs> it doesn't see really see anything completely menacing, and I think it's the accent, the accent mixed with like moustache mixed with the way he looks <laughs> it just doesn't give her an air of like of and i've I, I read recently read a big interview in born to be bad by timon singh and very walsh was interviewed in that about and he's like yeah when i went on set it's meant to be wing wings hauser which is a really yes famous straight, straight to vhs action movie star and um, much like your mark dacascos and your um billy blanks sort of guy um which I'll, I'm sure we'll, I'll cover it, cover it at some point. I'm sure we'll, as a cross pollination of me and Wingshauser in this podcast. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he speaks about like he kind of talked about you know after the after the fact you know that now that Ben is sort of seen as a, a, a kind of like a gay icon um, because yes. he does look like Freddie Mercury because he's like he sort of he's got the chain mail and he's got the leather trousers on. He's very much kind of a leather daddy look about him. It's yeah, quite like yeah, sort of, definitely. It's kind of a there's a campiness about him, I think. But I think that's yeah. that leads lends to us remembering him so fondly and remembering and right. him being so iconic, because you just can't. The minute you see him, you see him at the very beginning, and he kind of gets blown up, and he's kind of quite a normal kind of fisherman outfit on. But when he comes right. back, and he's like from back from the dead, so to speak, yeah. and he comes comes out from the crowd and above Arnold. He just has his vest on and like these fingerless gl- gloves, and it just you just go what? I remember being very young and being like, yeah, right. So is that the main bad guy or is this kind of like a henchman? <laughs> um, but but yeah, there you go. That's this is this is the the guy we're gonna get in. So, um, <laughs> do you kind of remember like when you know you're from like from watching recently or you know, watching for your 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 childhood? Do you remember seeing him for the first time and thinking? What is this guy? Why is he? Why is he dressed like this? Why is he dressed so strange? Yeah. I suppose. In a yeah. Way. No, and that's the that's the thing. I've like, and I've never been able to take him seriously as a villain. And I don't think it's necessarily the clothing and everything like that. I can totally see um, the whole gay icon thing like mm, that. And, yeah, and like, yeah. and I'm here for that. Like, absolutely, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if that had been played like that, <laughs> I think that would be, would have been more interesting. Yeah. I think it's more accidental than anything else. <laughs> um, yes. Which I, again, like I, I love the camp aspect of it. Like there's almost a, like, I feel like he didn't do it on purpose. If he'd been doing it on purpose, mm. I think that it would have come across a little bit better um, in my mind. Um, yes. You look at something like um, um, Gene Simmons in um, uh, what's that one movie? Um, in in um, man, it's the one with John Stamos. I can't remember the name of the movie offhand, but there's a. Yeah, there's a movie where he's very campy and over the top in that one. Yes. Um, and uh, but you know that that's what I'm saying. Like more of kind of that really camp villain would have been great. Um, and and it becomes more un, unintentional. Um, which is still fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't take him seriously as a menacing character, but I do enjoy him chewing the scenery. Yes, uh, like absolutely. he does. Absolutely. So, and he's, Gene Simmons. He was in a, a film called Runaway, 
I thought you've seen it with, with um that one Tom was Selleck. with Tom Selleck. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's a yeah, that's one. a good one too. I'm gonna have to go through all these all his music videos to get this one. <laughs> I'm definitely remember it. Let me see. Never too young to die. Yeah, called, that's what it is. Never yes, too never to too die. young to die. Yes. Yeah. So he plays sort of like a sort of plays like a transsexual villain in that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's very, very like. Um, it's cool to cool to see. Uh, um, if he's and he's definitely playing it like that and playing it as a homage to that kind of whole movement, but I don't think it's done. I don't know if it's done like that. I'm not too sure. I um, don't think it's done with the greatest of taste. No, um, no, no. I wouldn't imagine in, so. in mind, but I think that, <laughs> but that's what I'm, t- but at least that's what I mean. Like with that campy aspect of it yeah. that he's, he's trying to go for um, in that moment. And it's been forever since I've seen never too young to die. Um, but, um, but it's, but that's why, like, I think that if, if, Vernon Wells um, and and the director had been purposely going for that kind of campy, um, that 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 out out of the box kind of uh, way on purpose. I think that it would have been more um, successful. I do like it, um, but again, I can't take it as menacing. Um, no, he no. just there's something about the about that performance that doesn't come off quite as menacing as, as I would hope it would, or as, as much as I think they were hoping it was. So do you think, do you think almost it's sort of a detriment to him being against Arnold and being like, like you said, just a little bit of a, maybe a bit chubbier, but maybe that's but also to do with his smaller clothes a little bit. Um, does it make you kind of um, come out of it a little bit when it comes to him fighting Arnold a little bit in the end where, it does not really it does a, definitely a make it harder. Yeah, it does make it harder to take him seriously as like somebody who can take on Arnold. Um, it's it's definitely there. There's yeah a disconnect. He's like, you're, how are you going to beat Arnold? Um, and he holds his own against him for the most part. I mean, obviously they're you know um you know it's stage fighting and everything, mm-hmm. but it's it's like you know it's it's compared to. Like the fight uh, he has with Jesse Ventura in The Running Man, um, oh, yes. which is you know much more equals. Mm, um, mm, that's that's definitely it, this doesn't quite compare uh, to it. But again, that lends itself to that kind of goofiness uh, mm. of the whole proceedings of that, like just you know this guy, you know, and, and if he showed like, and that's the other thing too is like if he showed any actual skill towards fighting mm. um, uh, Arnold either, like then I. I could have taken it more seriously, but it's just kind of just, you know, the same, you punching each other, you're trying to knock each other out type of type of fighting, which does it like, I'm like, when it comes down to it, Arnold's going to win on that. So. Yeah. I think it's almost at one point with our fight at the end, he's like, gets a gun. He's like, I'm not going to shoot in the head. I'm going to shoot you in the balls, which seems like, seems like the kind of the sort of a, the non-macho thing to do. Um, but there you go. That's amazing. But I think, I think it's, it's still, He's still such a memorable character and still such a memorable villain. Yes, and I think that that's that's a kind of testament to, I suppose, by accident making him that that way in a way yeah, because yeah. he was because he wasn't in the clothes that he was fitted for him, and because he's like the way he's acting, the accent and the tash. Um, even though I'm sporting a tash just now, um, that's in solidarity <laughs> to my to my man Bennett. Um, yeah. It, in the pantheon of Arnold has a lot of iconic villains and bad guys, so it's kind of interesting yes. to see as he sort of. When I think about Arnold movies, I think that he's probably in the highest esteem in terms yeah. of guys yeah. I remember because 
he is a bit shit, but he's also um such an icon. But he's memorable. Memorable, yeah. yeah, yeah just he just yeah. he just sticks in your head because the minute you see him, you go, that guy. You just you can't stop thinking about him. Um, and that's obviously uh, this film has got you know a kind of who's who of kind of bad guys, not just you know Vernon Wells. We've got Bill Duke as Cook, and we've got horrible David Patrick Kelly, as everybody knows from the Warriors. And if you're a big <laughs> Twin Peaks fan, you'll know him as um, uh, one of Audrey Horn's dad's brother. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but he's in that, and he's obviously in a new remake of, of, of Twin Peaks. Um, okay. So I think he actually gets, who actually gets the best death scene, and the most kind of oh, iconic yeah. death scene, I would say, in the whole movie, the one that everybody remembers. Um, so with that, um, and obviously the most icon- one of the most iconic lines, do you have a favorite line from this movie? Oh yeah, yeah. No, the whole sequence of Sully there is like my favorite. That's yeah. like literally the stuff I quote all the time. Is just like you know, um, you, you know, uh, remember when I told you I'd kill you last? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lied. Yeah, <laughs> that's fast. And then she asks, so "What happened to Sully?" I let him go. It's like gold. It's such gold. Um, yeah. it's it's <laughs> the best lines of the whole whole thing and some of his best lines in the in in all of his movies it's it's ridiculous how good those lines are yeah yeah there's 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 so many ones you could quote don't disturb my friend he's dead tired i've just killed someone um come on ben let's party which i think is one of my favorite lines um let have some steam apparently did get quite yeah. a lot of take, takes of that and he said there's it really some pressure which i don't, I don't yeah. it really works um as the pressure got to you I just, yeah. I, I just, I think let off no, some I steam, think let off some steam worked best. best yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I also like Benegon. I need a kill. I need a gun, John. I need a gun, John. I like that one. Yeah. I, I, guess, I think it's amazing. <laughs> um, because he's just he just loses loses the plot at the at the end of this movie. And again, like what we spoke about before, just a moment ago, that um doesn't have control composure when he becomes you know enraged by John Matrix. But um, yeah. So what we're gonna do is gonna go into uh, my segment on the big five. This is where I talk about the big five uh, stars of action cinema during the eighties and the nineties, and we talk about where mm-hmm. they are and a little bit more about um, what everybody else is kind of comparing to. So we've got Arnold. He's obviously in this movie. You also in a kind of bit part in Red Sonja, uh, the amazing Bridget Nielsen, David Gemmel, um fantasy film, fantasy film. David mm-hmm. Gemmel, sorry, Robert E. Howard, I should say. Let's get my fantasy books wrong there. That's my geek card removed. Um, <laughs> we've got Stallone in one of his two kind of big, huge films, uh, Rocky Four, um, the very America vs. Russia boxing movie, and we've got Rambo, Rambo Part Two, which First Blood Part Two, I should say. Uh, we've got John Claude Van Damme. He makes his debut in No Retreat, No Surrender, uh, playing the bad guy. Uh, Steven Seagal has yet to come onto the scene. Doesn't come until like 1988. And then Jackie Chan, we've got like four films, four films in this year. Uh, we've got My Lucky Stars, uh, The Protector, one of his first American films uh, with James Glickenhaus. We've got Heart of the Dragon, and we've got a former episode, A Police Story. Um, so if you've not listened to that one, go over the last Okay, wait, guys. Um, so, yeah, so what we're going to do now is we're going to jump a little bit into the trivia zone. Trivia zone this week. Um, so in this movie, Arnold apparently kills a total of eighty-one people, 
um, in some fashion. Obviously, you know, drop, drop people off of cliffs, um, punch them through hotel hotel walls, and then just that last final scene where he just kills everybody basically um, with a variety of objects. Um, talking about obviously about Vernon Wells, he said he looked like Freddie Mercury on steroids. Um, yes. Again, we just think he looks like Freddie Mercury with you know maybe a few more burgers on him. Um, <laughs> To speak a bit a little bit what we just spoke about in the, in the big five episode. Now, obviously, Rambo First Blood came out this that year. We just spoke about there. Um, this, this was actually, that would actually go on to kind of overshadow Commando in the box office, um, and obviously culturally, I suppose as well. It's not as most Commando's not as remembered as the Predator or Terminator when it comes to Arnold. So right. this is actually um, seen as the the movie that started them both sort of fighting over the kind of the being the biggest yeah. action star. Of the 80s and 90s, so this is a big Stallone Schwarzenegger rivalry. Um, apparently, Arnold was quite protective of Lisa Milano through this movie. Um, obviously, plays his plays her dad throughout the movie, but they sort of take on a quite a kind of paternal figure throughout the filming. He also apparently helped her with her algebra homework uh, <laughs> throughout the film. Um, so that was quite. I think that's quite cool. So what we're going to do is kind of go into a little bit about kind of the final thoughts of the movie. Um, what do you what would you make of Commando with kind of watching it now in twenty twenty three? Um, do you still enjoy watching it? Do you still have you know, obviously now seeing the kind of maybe seen obviously the 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 big breath of of Arnold from you know from his early days up to now? Where do you think this kind of stands out now? Yeah, I still I still find it to be you know pretty pretty well up there in the pantheon of all of his movies. Um, it's it's. It's not. It's not a Terminator. It's not a Predator. Um, it's not the Running Man or or Total Recall. Um, but it's it's really good. I think that it, like you said earlier, it helped establish um, Arnold as as more human uh, because up until this point he'd been playing Conan and the Terminator, yeah. um, and so he he hadn't played anything like this before, and he got to play a father. And you have those scenes like you mentioned earlier of with Alyssa Milano kind of establishing this loving relationship between him and his daughter. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very, I, I think it's very well done. It's, it's told within just the credits, um, the opening credits, and it gives you that sense of him being a good dad and that he would do anything to protect her. Mm -hmm. And um, then you get, um, it's the first movie of his where he got like quite a bit of lines and you know mm -hmm. you get to yes, see absolutely. that humor of his uh that he actually has a lot of humor you see it later on and he makes uh some of those uh comedy movies like twins and kindergarten cop mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah, yeah, and everything yeah. and so he he this is his first real attempt at some good comedy um I think, I think and so yeah 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 go ahead no, 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 no go, go ahead. I'm just going to say that I think it does, like you say, it does show his personality a lot more than yeah. the sort of the, like I, like I said himself, more of a caveman in those movies. He's either a stoic Terminator yeah. or he's kind of the kind of very sort of, you know, bullheaded Conan, I suppose, in the yeah. movies. So it does show off a little bit more of his chops and as he's kind of progressing more as an actor and become more used to, you know, speaking english i suppose in a way like yeah his voice and used to like his voice being accepted i suppose and and um by western audiences i think he seems to be a bit more um comfortable a little bit in this movie would you say yeah 
Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I and and add in all that, like we said earlier um, about Radon Chong, I think that you know you get a you get a a a, a female co lead, a co star in the movie that holds your own against him. Hmm. She's you know she's dropped into this situation that is uh, chaotic and um, and you know she at first is trying to get away from it, but once she understands what's going on and that he's there to protect like they he's there to try and save his daughter and everything mm. she joins up with him and helps him in whatever way she can uh rather than letting him be taken by the cops or by bennett's men or whatever and so i think that's you know it, it shows this great strong um especially for the 80s and the 80s was this great time where women were getting role but bit bigger and better roles like this uh but um you know it was still a time where they were also being put into these you know, side roles that weren't giving them much. So it was nice to see, um, especially a black woman get this kind of, um, you know, uh, this kind of lead in a, in a movie like this. And so I think even with today's standards, it holds up pretty well. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing largely offensive in it um, that, you know, that I can think of. I mean, I'm sure there's some, you know, some things here and there, some minor things that uh, aren't the greatest, but um, but overall, I think it stands up pretty well. Um, it's very eighties, of course, but yes, of it's course. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> but overall, I think that it holds up really well, and that it's just it's so fun and enjoyable, uh, especially compared to like a not that he doesn't make enjoyable stuff, but there's definitely some stuff in the like the the nineties. That you know you can think of like Eraser and the Sixth Day or whatever and and everything that's just kind of like eh they're not as great as his like as this earlier batch of stuff. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. and with Ray Dong Chong, I mean, so this is obviously her one of her first sort of action movies. She was in a, a previous kind of film I really enjoy called Fear City. It's kind of like a slashery sort of um, movie with oh. a very again quite a campy sort of kung fu villain like a it's a sort of like horrible sort of like serial killer but you know also like nunchuck use nunchucks and bone stars it's really weird but um like <laughs> tom, ba tom berenger's in that movie um billy d williams as well um but she sort of plays sort of like plays herself a sex worker um i think she gets i think she actually gets murdered in it quite, quite brutally in this that movie but it's really worth checking out but this is kind of the first film that's I suppose a massive film if you go on to be in the color purple you know the same year, so um, she obviously is won all the Oscars basically. But do you think she's ever <laughs> she thinks she fared quite well as sort of a, a foil to or a, a sort of a, a sidekick to Arnold in this movie? Oh, yeah, no, I think she very much holds her own. Um, you never, you know, you never feel like she's um, like that he's really putting her down or mm. in her place or whatever like you know and she helps save the day um yeah. a, a couple of points um and you know it's 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 she does a really good job but it's it's one of those uh roles that uh i'm you know you're surprised about in in that time period that mm -hmm. you know somebody like especially in one of his early movies <clears throat> uh so it's 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 really good to see her hold her own and you know be be a a good part of the movie yeah, and she and and also it's not going into the sort of trope of she just you know a girl in there to kind of to end up with Arnold at the end. I yes. think there was originally maybe 
I've, I really heard there was meant to be an actual scene that's shot. I love seeing, but when they actually watch the back, it just doesn't really make any sense. It looks a bit off, apparently, they said, um, just because it yeah. doesn't really make much sense for them to just be hard to go from getting sort of almost kidnapped by him, uh, kind of forced to go on the sort of the run after, you know, Sully, and then right. they sort of become friends, and then suddenly they just have sex. It just didn't, didn't really make sense. But I think yeah. there's sort of like a sort of a, maybe sort of a hint at the end that maybe they'll end up yes. together or maybe that they'll go you know, on off that we see plane together and like sort of, um, and Jenny's got a new mum, maybe, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, after, you know, like he's kind of just been kicking about his pants for most of it. Um, I think, I just think that she, she is really good and I, I, she turns up in a lot of things and I've always think she's a really great actress. Again, I was talking about the city. Um, I think she's a really great actress. Um, so, yeah. So just to kind of to wrap up, where can the keeps find find you? Where on social can we get you? Yeah, um, I am Geek Thulu on uh, uh, Insta uh, on uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you can find my podcast, which I do, which is called Creepy and Geeky. Uh, it's a horror movie uh, double feature podcast. Uh, I do a little bit more than uh, horror movies. I might be doing some action stuff next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, for, for the most part, it's horror movies. Uh, and, uh, that can be found at, uh, creepyandgeeky.com and I'm creepy and geeky, uh, also on uh, Twitter. So you can pretty much find me everywhere on Twitter. <laughs> and all podcasting platforms I'd assume from, for the creepy and geeky podcast. Yes, awesome. Definitely. Well, f- thank you much for Robert for coming on and talking about one of my favorite movies. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. I definitely uh, enjoyed this, and I'd love to come back and talk some more uh, fun action films. Absolutely. Well, thank you, and take care. Thank you. That was my chat with Rob about Commando, a bonafide classic, I think you'll all agree. Thanks again to Rob for coming on the show and speaking about this Arnie classic with me. Next time, I'll be speaking to Russell Bailey from the Not Just For Kids podcast about the Keanu classic Speed, so I'm looking forward to that one. Thanks again to Petros, as usual, for producing the podcast. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter, Your MC Podcast. You can email the show on yourmovecreeppodcast at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, and I'll see you in the next one, creeps.